the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about with real estate, retirement, income, stocks, I don't think anyone can look at a stock better than me. I can give you a really good quick snapshot on a stock if you want to call and get a second opinion. Um, I like talking stocks. I used to do this radio show that was nationwide called Stock Talk. Catchy, right? Uh, Stock Talk with uh, Rob Black. It's going to be unique from radio and television. Because this show I get too caught up in getting you to retirement. Um, And that's not necessarily what I really, really want to do. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I want to do a show called Stock Talk again, and I can talk tech talk. I can uh, go stock of the week. I can do this week in research and highlight some of the best research reports. So don't be shy. I can do a couple things um, pretty well when it comes to money. 800-516-1220. Joining me today, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Good morning. Don't be all nice and formal. I'm not in that mood today. <laughs> So, Soccer. Uh, my urine's on fire. <laughs> so it's going to be one of those days. Well, you know when it burns and feels like razor? Okay, I won't go there. Um, so real estate. I want to talk real estate with you today. Um, I've been doing a radio show recently where I talked about how 15 years ago. I said 15 years ago I talked about, oh, I know what it was. It was that band... Um, uh, Judah and the Lion is from Nashville. And when I was in college, I went, I wanted to see where Elvis lives. So on one spring break, me, Emily, and a guy named Dan got in a car and drove across Tennessee. And when you look at Tennessee, because I was in Virginia at that point in time, when you look at Tennessee, it's a pretty small state, right? The only problem is it's all mountains. So it takes 18 hours to drive from end to end. And it looks like it takes six. So I drive and I drive and I drive and I drive. And you go through Nashville and you go through, you eventually get to Memphis. Um, Memphis is a cute city. I wouldn't want to live there. It's great to visit. Um, Nashville, awesome city. Great music, young bands, um, cheap housing, good jobs. 
lots of jobs. Um, and that was probably one of the very first lessons when I was in college. I was like, this is a city I might want to live in, and therefore it's a city I might want to buy real estate in. So, uh, but I've been talking about Nashville, Austin, Nashville's been on lists for Seattle, a long, long Portland, time. Portland, mm-hmm. Denver. I've used the same joke on Denver. What's the same joke? Do you know it yet? Uh, there's too many to choose from. They say Denver's like Menver. Or they call it Denver Menver because there's a lot of men there. So if you're a single woman, go to Denver. Anyhow, and anyway, um, I guess what was my point there? My point was something about get to know cities that have yeah. jobs. Yeah, so the hottest markets right now in the United States are what they call second tier cities like Nashville, like places like Salt Lake City or Provo. For okay. example, um, not the Denvers, but the the Boises and and what those all have in common is they have colleges, they have, mm-hmm. they have young people, people get out of college. I want to go back to my college. I want to live my college days again. I really don't. A lot of a, a lot of people are moving there just for the fact that it's cheaper to buy a house, right? Um, comparatively with their the incomes, uh, that's why we've seen Portland. a lot of people are moving there because it's cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bought in Raleigh. Uh, uh, house and Raleigh's got North Carolina, NC State and Duke and all three of them like if you get cancer that those are good hospitals so it's tough to say that like there's bad hospitals. I gotta imagine Albuquerque has bad hospitals right? I'm sure there's one good one there or Mesa. Can I say Mesa and that's just generic So Yeah so these second, second tier cities have been uh, where a lot of the boom in the United States is right now Yep, a lot of millennials are moving there an interesting fact about uh, Washington, Washington D.C., which right now is leading the nation in millennials buying. Um, I was, I think it's like 59% of all new applications to purchase homes is are millennials. Um, so we're seeing that across the nation. Here it's a little bit tougher, but I think a lot of people will be surprised that millennials still make up a large percentage of of applications here in the Bay Area. It's like 30, 40%. So we're still very hopeful that the millennials here in the Bay Area will continue to drive the market. Um, lending practices are getting a little bit easier. There's still, of course, the math behind it, which is the affordability. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of gifts. Um, so, Do you remember when we uh, – I basically at one point in time hijacked you. I've done this a couple times. Sure. And we went to Raleigh. Mm-hmm. You don't like to fly. I was like, I'll buy your plane ticket. Okay. And uh, we went and – kind of got to check it out we got to get to know the real estate agent i was like I, it was a literally 72 hour trip uh we went to a couple bars we you know walked the streets so to speak um you kind of get to know it a little bit mm-hmm. so pretty important to me that you have a, a like for why you're doing it I, yeah and i i think maybe you're leaning towards um the advice you would give somebody if they wanted to buy real estate out of the state uh, in a place like Nashville or Raleigh or it could be San Antonio, it could be anywhere, Menver. Uh, get to know the place. Uh, a lot of people come from different cities across the United States, and this is one of the, the real estate uh, strategies that we talk about all the time. Maybe go back and look at the town that you're from. Um, you know the town. Um, you know, you may not have left because it's a depressing town or because it's just not cultural for you, but it may be a good investment place because you know it, or you might have family members there that can help you manage the property. Um, a, a lot of people get caught up with the whole, hey, this is the next big boom town. Uh, just give us $100,000, we'll buy the house for you, and you're, you're done. I, I'd be careful with that, unless you know the city. I did it kind of incorrectly when we went to Raleigh. We found a realtor probably by searching online. And that was about the depth of it. 
nice guy. Um, do you remember what he gave us when we showed up at his? We show, did we show up at his house? I think we did. We did. And uh, he's going through like tools, like I guess. I mean, we had a mission: find a house. Buy I can't a house. remember what he gave us, but I remember he had a bunch of telescopes in his oh, garage. Oh, I could. It, it rhymes with a bag of seed. <laughs> I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, "That's interesting." And uh, he, I was like, "Where should we go to lunch? Like, give us a little local flair." And he gives us. He a, did know the city. He was a real good realtor. Yep. Um, he was patient, uh, and then when it came time to pull the trigger, he was very quick. Yep. Uh, paperwork was eventually sent to you, um, FedEx, and it was all done remotely, and I thought that worked great. And you, you found a, or we did, we found a great property management company, which I would recommend to anybody, by the way, in looking in North Carolina, uh, especially in Raleigh. That, that company's great. Good loan officer uh, worked out. And that's just something else, too, that we talk about all the time. So, uh, a lot of people call and say, where should I get my my loan from? Should I get it from this place that I'm buying yep. or can I get it here? Um, it wouldn't hurt to work with somebody here. It, it makes it a little bit more convenient um, because ultimately that's really the paperwork that, that secures that house for you. But you need to find a lender that actually has an office in that state. So you'll end up going to a large lender. Some people don't like doing that, like a, the big banks. Um, the smaller ones are usually tied to just that state. So maybe work with the referral that you get from your realtor in that state. It's, it's, it's interesting. In, <clears throat> excuse me. It's interesting in hindsight. I think the realtor was average, but he worked. It, it worked. Yeah. I think the mortgage lender, she was good, and she helped me do a refi that was great. <clears throat> I think the property management was a that home was run. the home run. Yeah, there's no doubt. No, no loss in, in in rents since you bought it. I think one month maybe, right? Right. Yeah. That's Tony Mendez you're listening to, and you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does my mortgages. I'm going to ask him to do one for me this year. I think in Santa Barbara. Um, you can find Tony at Tony uh, Bay, at BayAreaLoanSource.com. BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. KDOW's got a new slate of shows that run from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. It's basically myself doing stock talk on Mondays and Thursdays, and CFP Chad Burton doing uh, financial talk, uh, getting to the wealth, creating the wealth, and uh, managing the wealth that you need. So CFP Chad Burton, here's a clip from his show today. You've really got to put your overall situation through these tests to make sure that you are ready to retire. Because one of the toughest conversations our planners have is when people do pull the trigger on retirement because they get to a certain number, like you know, they, a million or two million or three million or five million, whatever it is, and that was their number, but they didn't really do any planning on top of it. And because of their expenses, they're not done. They're not ready to retire. 
or because of tax situations. So these tests assume, first of all, that you've done a really good job of knowing what your expenses are, your non-discretionary and discretionary expenses. In other words, you have expenses that are required to put your food on the table and keep the lights on in your house. But then you have items that are going to get you out of bed in retirement. You know, your entertainment, your golfing, your travel, you know, philanthropy, whatever it is, what are those numbers? So let's assume you've done a good job of that. What else can you do? First of all, the first test that you do is a linear cash flow model. And what I mean by that is that there's nothing that's a straight line in finances. The, the stock market is often a you know, three steps forward, one step back type of a process. So when you have average return of 11% on stocks, first of all, you're not all stocks in retirement. You're bonds and cash and international and emerging markets and real estate and things like that. So it's not a straight line. Also inflation, if you run your inflation numbers at 26 to 3%, it's not a straight line either. Usually it's a stair-step process where every three years or so people are like, hey, can I make an adjustment? And you have to say, okay, well, are your returns on track? Are your expenses on track? Is your net worth on track? And if everything's on track, yeah, make that adjustment. If not, no, hold that off. So your linear cash flow test is can your portfolio survive on a 5.5% rate of return with 3% inflation and get you to age 100? Now, why do I use that number? Well, first of all, we just went through that number. If you look at the last 10 years, which includes the top of the market in 2007, if you look at any balanced fund, if it was balanced fund based in the U.S. of U.S. stocks and bonds, the return is somewhere around 5.5%. But most people still have some international exposure. So if you look at any 50-50 or 60-40 type of global allocation fund that kind of rebalanced annually over the last 10 years, your return's around 5% on those types of funds. So you have to say, what if I go through a period of in retirement where the first decade or two is slower, low growth like we just went through? So how, how does that look? That's a test that you've got to put yourself through. So 5.5% rate of return, 3% inflation. Now, you say, well, 3% inflation, that's, not, that's a lot based on the last decade. Well, it is based on your normal expenses, but healthcare costs run at about 6% inflation in retirement. So that's test number one. How does that look? When do you run out of money? Test number two is you've got to find your risk number and your six-month tolerance for pain when it comes to both stress-testing stocks and bonds for interest rates. Now, you can do that on our website. If you go to newfocusfinancial.com or, or chadburton.com, there is a what is your risk number. And it's a, a process that you can take to even get a uh, eventually do a portfolio review, which will show you with a 95% probability what your returns can be over the next six months. Now, it's a wide range from a large negative number to a large positive number because it looks at underlying assets and standard deviations and things like that to find your portfolio, what it will likely do versus what your risk can do. And the reason why you have to do that, what is your risk number test, is because most financial planning mistakes and investing mistakes are made when people panic. They they cash out when their fear level is the highest, which they should be buying. And if you do that, you turn paper returns into real returns. In other words, paper losses into real losses. Like if you would have cashed out in 2008 or 9, you, you probably got decimated because you didn't just get this last run-up that we went through. So that's another test that you have to take, your risk tolerance. Number three, you have to have three years' worth of portfolio draws in safe money, in cash-type investments, CDs, high-yield 
uh, FDIC insured money markets or credit unions, that helps you get through market uh, tough market cycles. So you got to figure out what your three years worth of portfolio draws number, not three years of expenses, but three years worth of portfolio draws. So it's your gross expenses minus Social Security, pensions, uh, you know, dependable income. So you have to make sure that you have that ready. The test number four then is a Monte Carlo simulation. And what this does is it takes your certain scenario as well as your actual current investments and it runs it through thousands of different variations of returns. And the order of returns is very important when it comes into retirement because you could retire uh, in the, the during a bull market and then the later years of retirement be in more of a slow growth or a bear market when you're drawing the most out because of inflation and that can be very tough on your, your results. Um, so Monte Carlo simulation will, will take here's the averages of your underlying investments and the standard deviation. In other words, the simple way to put it is kind of the highs and lows, underlying risks, things like that, and run it through thousands of different simulations. And you want to make sure you have a 85% probability of success or more. Now, if you didn't have the three years worth of portfolio draws and safe money, 85% wouldn't be enough in my opinion. But the Monte Carlo simulation doesn't really give um, you know the order returns with a withdrawal strategy. So 85% plus the uh, previous test that I mentioned, you should be okay in the long run. The next test you want to do is a tax test. And this is where you really get into cash flow simulations and say, what are the best accounts to draw from today? And you also do things like modeling Roth conversions to max out your lower brackets. What that means is from the date of retirement, let's say that's 65 through age 69, you might be doing partial Roth conversions where you take some of your money from your IRA, convert it to your Roth, pay the taxes so that you have tax-free growth in the future. And also this will show you at age 70 and a half what happens to your tax bracket when you're forced to pull money out of your retirement accounts. So the tax test is number five. And then number six, you got to go through a long-term care simulation. And that says if you or your spouse goes into a nursing home or assisted living facility for five years, what happens to your portfolio if you're single? What happens to your spouse if you're married? And this is something that you have to do because you got to come up with a plan B. That's either long-term care insurance or it's reverse mortgages so that you can get through that period of time. And you need to know what's going to happen to your portfolio. You've got to talk to your family about it. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. On the iHeartRadio app. Join 
the conversation. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I talk stocks. Mondays and Thursdays from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Stock talk. Then I talk general market, economy, big stories of the day, stock sectors, investing, financial planning, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Um... I dig you. I dig talking money. I dig talking investing. Um, anytime you have a question, don't be afraid to ask. And keep in mind, I, I do events. And I always have an event coming up. And you can find out more about the events coming up at, by going to Rob Black Show. It's robblackshow.com. And when you're there, you can check out what's coming up. And uh, if you like what you see and where it is, typically we throw down a $25 fee to get in. But we serve wine and cheese or lunch, whatever the event is, whenever it is. Uh, and you can get in for free using the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Um, it's no secret that as interest rates rise, financial stocks tend to be correlated to that. And a lot of people tend to go, hey, they can make more money. And as interest rates rise, it's typically the thought that the economy is doing better. So there's some sometimes assumptions, right? There's different types of banks. Bank of America, what would you think? Consumer Bank, United States, consumer loans, mortgages, car loans. Um, Citigroup, what would you think? Probably more international version of that domestic Bank of America. Wells Fargo, you see, probably has a lot of mortgages. Not as dominant in banking. Uh, but they're not bad in banking. But different financials create different situations. After years of restructuring and repositioning, and downsizing and right-sizing and different CEOs, Citigroup recently laid out some ambitious financial plans that tell me and show me that we should consider potentially adding it to the portfolio if you haven't. Ticker symbol is C. Now, when you talk about Citigroup, you talk about, again, companies that lend money. And... There's a lot of leverage in that in the United States, and we saw in 2006, 7, and 8 that when you lend a lot of money to people buying houses, and then you repackage that loan in mortgages, and you sell it to investors, I'm not going to use the word house of cards, but it can get tricky fast. One of the largest financial services known to man, Citigroup, has some 200 million customer accounts and serves clients around the globe. It offers deposits and loans, investment banking, brokerage, wealth management, other financial services. You may not like that it's around the globe. You may go, I, I don't like what's going on in Europe. I like what's going on in the, the U.S. Or you may say the other way around. I don't like what's going on in the U.S. I like what's going on in the world. Few banks in the world can hit Citigroup's reach. Citibank owns a stake in several international regional banks as well. Um, so they've got more than 130 million city branded credit cards. They were hit hard in the 2008 financial crisis. City has been refocusing on its original mission, which was traditional banking. It's got some $1.7 trillion in assets and some $930 billion in deposits. You generally would compare them to a J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, HSBC Holdings, um, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo. So you kind of get to know all the, all the players. And then what I like to do as a stock picker 
as an investor is write down all the names, all the ticker symbols, uh, what the year-to-date change is, how's it doing compared to its peers? Um, you know, for instance, if Citigroup's the leader, maybe a lot of money already knows that they're in a good position to expand. Then you take a look at their earnings per share for 2017, you take a look at the estimates for 2018, you take a look at the PE based on 2017 earnings, you take a look at potential 2018, you take a look at price to tangible book, you take a look at the dividend yield so that you can get paid while it maybe underperforms or get paid less while it outperforms as a stock. Um, so Citigroup, ticker symbol C, is approaching its highest level since the financial crisis. That's when the troubled bank rose, uh, had to raise capital and dilute its shares. Uh, there could be more upside now because Citi offers a combination of low valuation and what could be the highest earnings growth rate amongst its peers. Um, their earnings growth for 2020 from now through 2020 basically assumes a 20% compounded annual growth rate. And that suggests that it could hit about $100 per share, which is 48% above its current level. That's not bad. Now, there were some recent stress tests in the United States. And who knows, are we going to do these forever? Or are we going to make them once every two years versus every year? Uh, maybe every three years? Those rules are changing pretty constantly. Um, and... Citigroup came out of their stress test with the Federal Reserve, and basically the Federal Reserve said, you can double your dividend. Citi also was going to purchase more shares, because they basically got the blessing, um, and his name is Luminous, from the Federal Reserve, that they, with all the cash they've set aside, they could start using some of it, and that the emergency's over, over, over. Danger, all Roberts, and Danger. So Citigroup right now has clearance to return about $19 billion in capital to shareholders in the next 12 months, and it's hoping to return $20 billion plus in each of the following two years. They've got some lofty financial goals and a huge global footprint. Citigroup it looks expense, inexpensive to me. It's a little work for us, particularly actually when these stocks mentioned on the show. Um, investors want to see if Citi can generate consistent growth in revenue and operating profit. There's no street consensus expectations for 2020. But the 2019 projection is, you know, about $7 a share. Um, and that's kind of in line with what Citigroup is saying. They've done a lot of repositioning. They've told investors that the repositioning is done. They think they're poised to deliver attractive and sustainable returns. So there's unparalleled global presence right now. Um, they're big. They're diversified. They're worldwide. So one analyst recently said, you know, Citigroup will need 10% compounded annual growth in annual revenue. Um, it's a U.S. retail bank that's a leader, but it's also a, a leading Mexican bank. And Citi is assuming a robust global economy and benign credit costs because of the low cost of money out there at this point in time. So if Citi is able to grow their earnings at 20% a clip, that would lift the shares over 50%. Now, just to show you how diversified they are, they get about half their revenue outside the United States. It's the highest percentage in its group. Um, so again, you may not like what is happening in the U.S. economy. Maybe you're nervous about the Trump presidency and the fact that Congress isn't really playing along with his agenda. Maybe you see that as gridlock, and that's a good thing. I don't know. I'm not you. Leveraging off its worldwide presence, Citigroup operates the largest proprietary uh, global payment system. It's also the number one global credit card issuer. So you're dealing with a lot of issues there. 
I do not believe, I believe that banks are, are usually fairly conservative. But that's not always true. You see long stretches of time where uh, sometimes the bank themselves are taking on too much risk. Sometimes the banks like Wells Fargo are breaking the law to show better growth than is actually happening. Sometimes banks do stuff uh, that they don't want to do. Federal government says something along the lines of, uh, I'm the great senator of Utah, and uh, I, I want you know all my citizens to have houses. It's American dream. I grew up with the American dream. My father's father grew up with the American dreams. My father's father grew up with the American dream. And I want all financial institutions to lend money to people. Financial institutions like uh, congressmen, that's not a good idea. Not everyone deserves a loan. You know, sometimes people have only worked for a month or two. Sometimes they have no assets that we can seize if they fail. The congressman goes, you will do it or I'll take away your banking channel. We don't have to play the music. Vote Rob Black. Uh, mayor of your city. Just write in my name. So I'm not going to say which city. I'm just going to say let's do it randomly and maybe I get elected. So uh, so there is some risk. I mean, when you're talking global uh, payment systems, when you're talking global credit cards, when you're talking global banking, when you're talking global mortgages, um, it's tricky. So you're basically betting on global capitalism at that point in time. On some levels, now, how do you look at the risk of that? You go, well, you go, well, Merrick's taking a lot of debt, and this is a company that issues debt, and at some point in time, debt needs to be pay- repaid, right? So, anyway, according to Rob Black, I think Citigroup should be put on your watch list for the next five years. If there's a pullback, if there's a buying opportunity, uh, some analysts are are looking at about a hundred dollar share price on Citigroup. I think. That makes a lot of sense. If you're a long-term patient investor, the buybacks plus the increased dividends are attractive to investors. Is it uh, the end-all, be-all? No. No, 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 no. But it's something to consider. Twitter. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Sees no relief in sight. Uh, Do you remember when Twitter's IPO hit $70 a share? And then they fall to 60, 50, 40, 30. 25, 20, do I hear 15? And Twitter's just in a problem at this point in time. It's a great brand. No, it's a brand, right? And the spotlight has been turned on to them of, okay, your stock has fallen. You're a great brand, or everyone knows you, a lot of people do. Now let's see some revenue growth. If you compare Twitter to Facebook on price per sales, price per earnings... Uh, earnings before interest, tax, appreciation, amortization. Facebook is cheaper than Twitter. So, which one do you want to do? The one that stock is working and rewarding, or the one who's kind of broken? Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. One of the things I like to do is talk stocks. Um, when you hear me talk stocks, consult a work advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. It's for informational purposes only. Please, please, no wagering. This is an exhibition. This is not a competition. Are you with me? Are you against me? So I've talked a little bit about some stock ideas. I've talked a little bit about some sectors and some maybe some metrics. You know, when I talked about when you see how big a Best Buy is, it's how many how much sales do they get per square foot? Um, it's an interesting question, and it's something that you know, when you would look at an investment, you have to say to yourself, "Let's think about this for a second, right?" Let's let's not just go. I like the, I like the way they spell their 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 name, um, or it's done well in the past. You got to do better than that. Um, something that I look at sometimes are winners and losers. Now, I like ETFs for most investors. That's not always going to be appropriate, but that's where I like to start. And one area that's doing well right now as an ETF, it's the PowerShares DWA Healthcare Momentum ETF. I don't like PowerShares for investing, unless it's going to be for trading. So PowerShares, you're taking a lot more risk, and over time it doesn't really pay off, and it typically dilutes your earnings, your returns, in my opinion. President Donald Trump promised during his campaign, we're going to win so much, you're going to be sick and tired of winning. You're going to say, please, Mr. President, I have a headache. Please don't win so much. This is getting terrible. Now, you don't have to look too far into the news to see that Obamacare and the GOP's failure to repeal Obamacare was probably not what the president had in mind when he said, winning. Winning. So the... Winning. So the PowerShares DWA Healthcare Momentum ETF, ticker symbol PTH, has been a big winner um, outpacing the market because repealing Obamacare, our, our, our healthcare costs have gone up. Our healthcare spending has gone up since, since we put Obamacare into place. But I'm not going to just say blame it on Obama. I'm going to say in the last 40 years, we've seen nothing but healthcare insurance, healthcare costs. Uh, a friend of mine had some really bad, um, how shall we call it, um, problems with getting food out of her body. Ah! And she goes to the doctor, and you and I would say, hey, take a laxative, or take some, uh, what, what would you refer to, probiotics maybe, try to change things up. And her doctor looked at her and, you know, took a look at, you know, say, you know, probably take some probiotics and such like that. But I'm also going to order you an ultrasound on your lady parts, just in case something's blocking that whole area down there. And ultimately, she gets an insurance bill for $800. He says, like, I didn't tell the doctor to do that. And he said to do it. I thought it was to be covered by insurance. Um... She can't really afford it. And it's a great example of who's at fault. Is it the insurance company for not paying for something a doctor said do? Aren't doctors supposed to be experts? And the healthcare insurance company saying, no, 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 no. And I think we just all need to be more 
informed consumers and say, what's that code? And can I call my insurance company before we run that test? Like, it sounds crazy, but I, you know how many people I know, and I don't know if you talk to your friends, that they get into insurance products, and then they're incredibly disappointed by said insurance products. So one thing that I like to do with some of these power shares and things like that is to see what their holdings are. Like Clovis Oncology is inside the PowerShares DWA Healthcare Momentum Fund, and its ticker symbol is CV, CLVS. If I haven't heard of it, tonight I'm going to do a little bit of homework on it. Align Technology, sticker symbol ALGN. If I haven't heard of it, I'm going to do some homework on it. Now, we talked about a sector that's doing well. Let's talk about a sector that's not doing well. North Korea is run by a little freaky dude, and he doesn't tend to really get along well with the United States or South Korea. So guess what? There's an ETF that's tied towards South Korea. So when North Korea fires a missile capable of hitting the United States, you're pretty darn sure they have a missile capable of hitting South Korea. So those shares, the iShares MSI Morgan Stanley Country Index, MSCI, South Korea, ticker symbol EWY is South Korea. And Samsung's a big name on that ETF. And it makes you ask the question, like, what would happen if North Korea did kind of elevate tensions or what if Apple's better than Samsung? Or what if Samsung's better than Apple these days and making record profits, which they are? Where do you put your money and who do you trust? So I'm not telling you to play the headlines, but you can certainly see how North Korea testing a missile has affected South Korea. So the more of these ETFs that you know about, maybe you say I'm going to do a trade. I don't know. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything mentioned. <laughs> I'm not your broker advisor. Take, you know, keep that in mind. I don't know your risk profile. I don't know your uh, education. I don't know your experience. I don't know uh, if you've got a big tumor on your back that's growing and you don't see it, and you're going to one day have to quit work because it's going to get so big it's going to take over part of your brain. I don't know these things. Um, and that's why being an investor is so unique, so independent, and that's why we're all so different. And uh, we should approach that with a lot of honesty with that. So don't think that there's one size fits all when it comes to talking stock, when it comes to picking stocks. It, it, it's not that way. So some of the things that I would own in my portfolio are way too risky for my mother. And some things that you know my kid would own uh, feel way too risky for me. So do you see the idea? I'm Rob Black. You can find me at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Find me on the radio. Uh, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And on Mondays and Thursdays, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you'll hear CFP Chad Burton, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. On Fridays, there'll be a replay that's best of. Find me online, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. And don't forget, if there's a seminar coming up, use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.